Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and uh, it's a great privilege and joy for me to be able to share with you this morning. Uh, We're right in the middle of a series called The Generosity Factor. In fact, today's the third installment of a five-part series. Uh, And uh, we've just learned a lot through this series already. But one of the most important things that I think has been beneficial for me is uh, at Christmas Eve, we handed out a book that was uh, really titled the same way, The Generosity Factor by Ken Blanchard and Estruit Cathy. And inside of that book, uh, as we shared that with everybody who came on Christmas Eve to prepare for this series, uh, there was a a phrase, really a, a paragraph that uh, Ken Blanchard and Truett Cathy wrote that I want to share with you because I think it, it is a good idea for us when it comes to generosity. It's something that's very true about um, all of us. And here's what it says. Some people think of generosity as an event. They get behind some cause and participate in an annual fund drive. When their big splash is over, it's back to business as usual. But generosity is an attitude. It has to be cultivated daily. Now, the reason that that struck me so kind of straightforwardly, kind of in my face, was because I realized that generosity is not natural for us. Generosity is something with which it has to be cultivated in our lives because it's just not a part of our natural tendency. We don't have uh, the, the desire to be generous when, when we're left to our own devices. And the reason is because in the beginning, God created everything perfect. In fact, the scripture says that God looked at everything and said that it was good. And then, in chapter 3 of Genesis, we read something really incredible. It says that uh, Adam and Eve were deceived by the serpent, who is Satan, and they were deceived and believed a lie, and the lie was that they could be like God. And so they decided to disobey God, even though God had given them a very strict uh, rule not to eat from the tree of the garden, or or in the garden of Eden, uh, called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because uh, God, God wanted them to experience a, a life with him. But they decided they wanted to be like God because that's what Satan said would happen. And so they chose to eat the fruit. And when they did, sin entered the world. And sin ruined God's design, his perfect design, his good design. And because of sin, all of us struggle. And when it comes to the issue of generosity, all of us struggle to be generous because of sin. You see, generosity is in the heart of God. God is a, a generous God. He's generous with His grace. He's generous with His love. He was generous with Adam and Eve in, in how He even created the garden. It was a beautiful thing for them, and, and they were in perfect relationship with Him. But because sin entered the world, generosity was, was kind of crushed in our spirit. So, so we aren't able to be as generous, and it has to be cultivated. And if you need any proof of this, uh, if you have children, or you know children, uh, you know that this is true, right? I have three kids, uh, four, three, and two, and I've got one on the way. And, uh, and I know that generosity has to be cultivated because when my oldest son has a toy that my youngest son wants and my youngest son goes over, grabs the toy, punches his brother, his brother falls down, I don't know why, he's bigger, but um, falls down, and, and my other son runs away, and my, then my oldest son, he's crying, and he's a very soft-hearted little guy. Um, and, uh, and he's actually pretty generous with his toys, typically. Um, but we've cultivated that. You see, generosity doesn't just happen. Frey, Frey who's my youngest, isn't going to go over and say, Hey, Marcus, I'd l- really love to play with that toy. Can I play with that, please? And he's going to go over and do what every brother does. Give me that. Get out of here, right? I mean, that's, that's what happens in our, in our natural state, right? We're not naturally generous. 
And so through this series, what we've been focusing on is how can we be generous in four specific areas with our time, our talent, our treasure, money, and our touch. Okay, so last week we talked about time. This week we're talking about talent. Next week we'll talk about our treasure. And the final week we'll talk about touch. Um, and don't worry, it's not going to be creepy touch, okay? It's, uh, it's good touch, right? And, uh, and so I want to encourage you to, to be here. Don't miss one of these weeks because it's really important for us to learn how to be like God in these areas because God is so generous. So when it comes to learning about um, what we're going to be talking about today with talents and being generous with our talents, we have to understand something that we learned last week from Pastor Chris, and that's this, that making the best use of our time means walking wisely. Making the best use of our time means walking wisely. He pulled that up from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. And the, the reason that, that we studied that last week is, is this, okay, even though the word generosity isn't explicitly stated in that take-home point that Chris shared last week in, in the verse in Ephesians, it's certainly implied. And the reason is because, as Chris pointed out, some people are more generous with their time because they plan it effectively. Some people are more generous with their time, or can be, I should say, more generous with their time because they plan it effectively. Now, I want you to, to kind of get an idea of what this looks like in your mind. So today is a very important day. I don't know if you know this or not. The Steelers are playing the Broncos, okay? It's a very important day, uh, at least in my house, okay? So the Steelers are going to take the field today at around 4.30, and, and do you think they're going to walk onto the field without a plan? Yeah, somebody like, yes, it seems that way. They've been doing that all season. No, no, they're not. Okay, the, even though the plan might be bad, they're going to walk onto the, onto the field um, with a plan. And here's the deal. They're going to win today. They're going to go to the AFC Championship. They're going to win there. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to win that. And then everybody who goes to the Pro Bowl, which I guess is between the two, it, on our team is going to do awesome. You know how I know that? Because God's hand is on the Steelers. Okay? And I know you're probably like blasphemous, blasphemous. Um, but I want you to know this. After that game last week, how could it not be, right? I mean, my goodness, the last two minutes of the game, and it's coming down to these ridiculous penalties, and we win with a field goal. I mean, that's just crazy. It's just like God coming down from heaven, oh, you know, on the Steelers. Okay, so anyway, so they're going to take it, all right? They're going to take it all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm believing that, okay? My father-in-law said last night, you have more faith than I do. I said, it is one of my spiritual gifts. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that today, Okay. So they're going to take the field today with a plan, and the plan is to win, right? They're going at it with everything that they've got, minus Antonio Brown, right, and probably Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> but they're going to go at it with a plan, okay? And their plan is to win. And when it comes to our time and our talents and our treasure and our touch, we need to have a plan, and our plan needs to be to win. We want to win in these areas because God makes it very, very clear in his word that when we win in these areas, we actually enjoy his grace and extend his glory. And that's what we're going to see today. So we talked about time last week. We talked about, we're going to talk about talent today. And uh, when it comes to talent, I want you to understand this. This is what talent is, okay? Because the Bible doesn't give a very clear definition like talent is this, okay? But when you read through the scriptures, you can distill it down into these two things, okay? If you're a follower of Jesus in here, then God has given you a very particular spiritual gift or gifts, okay? So God has given you a gift a spiritual gift to be used uh, for him and for, for you to enjoy his presence. 
Then the other thing is we all, doesn't matter if we're believers or not, have natural gifts and abilities, which also God gave to us. And the reason that God gave these things to us is so that we could enjoy him and extend his glory. And really, we're given these gifts in order to serve people, to bless people. In fact, our take-home point for today is this. God gives us gifts and abilities to share generously with those around us in order that people may experience him through us. So God gives all of us gifts in order that we might enjoy him and extend his glory. And that's what we're going to see today. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to look at beginning in verse 12. If you don't have a Bible, you have a phone, you've got a Bible. Um, you can download the Version app in your app store, and I will not be offended if you do that right now. Because I think this verse is, I'm going, I don't know why I'm in the Gospels, there we go, um, is so incredibly important. And if you don't have either of those things, it'll be up on the screen for you as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which apparently doesn't exist in my Bible. Oh my goodness, there it is. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, I want to speak very clearly here. Paul, who's the author of 1 Corinthians, is writing to a church in a a town called Corinth, which is why it's called Corinthians, okay? So he's writing to this church in Corinth, and he's writing very specifically to those who have committed their lives to Jesus and who are following him daily. And so Paul is speaking to a very specific group of people, the church. And as he's speaking to the church, he's talking about spiritual gifts that that come into the, the church for use. And that's what we're going to see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. Here's what it says. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. You see, Paul uses this incredible image of the body to represent the church, okay? So everybody hold your hands out and do this with your fingers, okay? Yeah, awesome. You know what that's called? Sparkle fingers. <laughs> you know how I know that? I was a, in drumline for a long time, and all the girls who twirled the batons and all that kind of stuff, they all did this at one point, and we may or may not have made fun of them for that, okay? But, but the reality is that the drumline would say, hey, sparkle fingers. So we try to do that with our sticks, you know, and look cool. We look rid- more ridiculous than they did, okay? So, so those, those parts of your hands, these fingers here, okay, they're part of your body, right? They're attached to your hand. Your hand's attached to your arm. Your arm's got the elbow and the shoulder and this stuff up here. It's the other part of your arm, and I don't know anatomy very well, but I know that there, you can, you know, see these parts that we can see, but there are so many other thousands of parts with just within our arm that we can't see that work together for one function, and that is life, right? All of our parts work together to produce life, that we might enjoy this life and that we can participate in it. And so Paul uses this image so that we can understand what the church is supposed to be like. And Paul is not speaking specifically to the church at Corinth here. He's speaking to the whole church. He's saying that that God has given all of us uh, as different parts of this bigger body called the capital, what we call the capital C church, right? So if this is your first time here and you typically go to a different church, you're part of the capital C church if you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. All right, you're part of the church, whether you go to New Life or wherever it is that you go, you're part of the church. And as part of the church, Paul says, God has given us different gifts. He continues on in verse 14, he says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. 
If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Paul's point is clear. Even though there are many different parts in the body, they all have one function. And the same is true in the church. Even though we all have different spiritual gifts that God has given to us if we're followers of Jesus in the church, even though we all have very different gifts, we all have one function, and that is to enjoy God's grace and to extend his glory. In fact, Paul continues on a little bit more. He says in verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts that do not, requ- do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the believers and the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. And I think this is just a beautiful picture that Paul has given to us here because sometimes people will come up to me every now and then and they'll say, you know, Brad, I really wish I had your gift I wish I could sing. I wish I could communicate like you communicate. I wish I could do this and that and the other thing. And my counter to that is, well, God has gifted you to be used incredibly because he has. You see, some of you, when you came in today and you heard we were talking about talents and being generous with your talent, you thought, well, guess I can tune out because I ain't got none, right? But here's the reality. You do. All of us, all of us have a spiritual gift that God has given to us. All of us have natural skills and abilities that God has given to us. And I love what Paul said here. Even though my part in in serving all of you is standing up here and um, getting the privilege of leading a great team and being a part of a great team under a great lead pastor and just a part of an awesome church, even though that, that this is my part, your part is really, really important. And Paul uses the, the example here of, of the parts that we clothe with our, with our, you know, on our bodies, right? I mean, think about this. And I don't mean to be crude or anything like that, but, but if you didn't have certain parts of your body, do you know you would die, right? Your body would fill up with toxins. If you couldn't use the restroom, your body would fill up with toxins. You would die. I would die. And so Paul says that those parts are necessary, right? Absolutely, they're necessary for life, So even though I don't have to cover my head, although I've chosen to do that with a beautiful beard, even though I don't have to cover my head and and it's honorable um, and and your heads are honorable and we we don't cover our heads in this culture, we still cover other parts of our body because they have less dignity. And what Paul's point here is this, is that it doesn't matter if, if you think that your part is seemingly insignificant in the, in the bigger picture of the church, it's not. Because God has gifted you to do something incredible for his kingdom here on the earth. So Paul continues on in verse 27, and he gets very specific about some gifts. Here's what he says. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. 
First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in an unknown language? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? And then Paul says emphatically, of course not. He says, so you should eagerly desire the most helpful gifts. And and Paul's point here is very clear as he goes into a rhetorical uh, statement. You know, are we all this? Are we all that? No, we know that. We all know. I mean, some of you, the idea of getting up in front of people and talking makes you have to go use that part that you cover, right? Yeah. I understand that, okay? I understand that. There are certain things that when I think about doing that, I, 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 man, I just couldn't do it, right? But God has gifted you, maybe, to do that thing. You see, what Paul's saying is we all have a different role. We all have a different part. We all are part of the same thing, though, the body of Jesus, if we're followers of Jesus, if we believe in him. So all of us who have trusted Jesus with our Lord and Savior, we, we are given a spiritual gift. So that's the first part of a talent, okay? Being very specific, what a talent is. The first part is we have a spiritual gift. The second part of a talent is the natural gifts and abilities that God has given to us. And you might say, well, I, Brad, I don't believe that God gives us natural gifts and abilities. Well, I, I understand that, but I want you to turn to the Bible because I don't want to ever make anything up. I want you to see it right here in God's Word. In Exodus chapter 31, we see an account where uh, God is instructing Moses to build a tabernacle or a tent of meeting where God's presence will dwell with his people. Okay, and so, so he's giving commands to Moses to have this certain parts of it made. And here's what it says in Exodus 31, 1 through 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And I have personally appointed Oholiab, son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have given him special skill to all the gifted craftsmen. I've given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. So what we learn from this passage is this, that God gives people, all of us, doesn't matter if we're believers in Jesus or not, he gives all of us natural gifts and abilities. He gives all of us natural gifts and abilities. But there's a line in this, in this passage that we read that kind of shows us something very, very important. In fact, it's in verse 3. It says this, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. You see, here's the deal, guys. It's not until we understand that God is the giver of the gift that we have in order to be used for him It's not until we understand that that we find fulfillment in our work and in our life and in the things that we do. Because the point here is clear. God has gifted us in order to serve, right? God was putting his presence with his people Israel in this passage. That's what these people were making, was a place for God's presence to dwell. And what God told this nation through one man, Abraham, when God had spoken to Abraham, he said, listen, Abraham, I'm going to be with you and you're going to be with me. I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people really for one purpose, that you would bless other people. 
And through you, the Scripture says, all the nations will be blessed. It's an incredible picture of what God has called all of us to do with the gifts and the skills that He's given to us, is to bless other people with those gifts. God has called all of us to use our gifts and our talents uh, and our abilities for Him. So whatever your natural gift might be, you might be able to uh, work really well with numbers. Uh, You might be uh, really good at communication, so you're really good with relationships. Or you might be similar to like Oholiab and, and Bezalel here, and you're, you're really, really good at working with your hands and building things. And, and you're a good craftsman. You might be a great mechanic. You, you might just have an incredible gift to do whatever it is that you do that really only you can do. And you see, I want you to realize something today. God has given you that gift. And if you haven't trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior then you've probably been trying to find a way for that gift to bring you fulfillment. And I want you to know today that putting your trust in Jesus will bring wisdom into your life where you will understand how to use those gifts for him. So why? Why then do all of us have natural skills and abilities? And why do those who follow Jesus have a a special gift given to us by the, the Holy Spirit? The reason is this. It's to enjoy God, okay? When we have wisdom to understand how we're supposed to use our gifts and abilities, we can understand that, man, when I do this, I'm in the zone, right? This is, this is like where it's at. It's like when Ben Roethlisberger's running around the pocket. Man, he is, he's like good at that. That's his thing. He's in the zone there, right? And when we do what we are gifted to do and we have the right circumstances, man, it's like we're in the zone. And we enjoy it. And do you know that's what God has called all of us to experience? It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger takes some pretty serious hits, doesn't he? Took one last week, right? And it wasn't perfect, you know? I mean, I mean it was perfect, but it wasn't perfect. That's what I'm trying to say. Man, it's hard to get those two words, you know, straightened out, isn't it? <laughs> get that on the way home. Anyway, here's the deal. God has given us these gifts to be in the zone in order to enjoy Him. But more, more so than even just enjoying Him is to show people about Him, right? Is to show people, you know what? I really am gifted in this area, but you know God gifted me. Did God, God gifted me to do this to bless you. That's what He's doing. So that's what it, why we have talents, is to enjoy God's grace and to extend His glory. Jesus said before he ascended back into heaven, after he was resurrected, he gave his followers a very specific commandment. So if you're a follower of Jesus in here right now, I want you to pay very close attention to this. It says in Matthew 28, verse 18, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus had been given all authority in heaven and on earth, and as he's going back into heaven, something incredible is happening. He's giving them a command to go and make disciples wherever they go to take the opportunities that God gives them. And then the Apostle Paul points out in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, this incredible thing. This is why the Scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, that is when Jesus was, was ascended to the heavens, he led a crowd of captives and he gave gifts to people. Now, how does that happen? That happens through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter, really, 14, 15, that when he, uh, it was good that he would leave because he was going to send the Holy Spirit. 
And when the Holy Spirit would come, He would lead all of us into truth that we could understand and that He would give us gifts through the Holy Spirit. So when we understand that Jesus gives us gifts through the Holy Spirit to be used to fulfill the Great Commission, which is what Jesus said, to go into all the world and make disciples. When we realize that, we begin to find out that we've been naturally gifted and we've been spiritually gifted for a very specific reason. Not only to enjoy God's grace, but really to extend His glory, to tell people about Him, to use our gifts to share and bless other people. So that's what a talent is. That's why we've been given talents. But what does this have to do with generosity? Well, it has everything to do with it because here's the deal. Everybody make a heart with your, your hands. Okay, everybody can do this. Most everybody, okay? You make a heart with your hand like this. Some of you are like, I ain't doing that. That looks dumb, right? No, here's the deal. Sometimes I do this to remind myself of the generosity thing. You can put them down now, okay? Thank you. Sometimes I do this to remind myself of the generosity thing and, and I don't do it like, you know, if I'm coming into a situation and I need to be generous, I don't be like, you know, like this. But I might, I might stand here like this just to remind myself about the heart acronym that we talked about last week. And I want to share with you what Pastor Chris shared, and it comes straight out of the the Generosity Factor book about generosity, and then we're going to see how it overlays with the the, the gifting of talents that we have. Okay, so here's what the, the heart stands for. The H stands for this. He owns it all. He owns it all. I hope you understand today as we've looked at this, these scriptures that, that your gift, your spiritual gift, and your natural talents and abilities, they've been given to you and to me by God. God is the one who owns it all. And this is probably by far the one that most humans struggle with all the time. Is we start getting in the zone and we start you know, enjoying what we're doing and, and what our culture teaches us is to exploit our gifts for fame and fortune, right? But what God, what God teaches us to do is to use our gifts for His grace and His glory. So we have to recognize that He owns it all. And then we need to see every day as an opportunity. We have to see each day as an opportunity where we get to use our gifts to bless other people. Because remember, that's what God was really teaching um, Abraham. He taught Abraham and he was teaching Moses that God's presence would be with his people in order that his presence could be released out to the world, that they would be blessings. And then the A stands for action. Action is required. Action is required. So, so here's the deal, and, and something that some of us do is we see an opportunity, but then we don't do anything about it. Okay? And in the church, the church has historically called these sins of omission. Okay? They're not sins of commission because we haven't committed a sin, but we've, we haven't done the good that has been placed in front of us. And so it becomes a sin of omission. So we have to be very aware that when we have an opportunity every day that God gives us to use our gifts for Him, that we take action and we follow God's leading in that area. And then uh, the R is to remember our blessings. Remember our blessings. Remember that God is the one who gave you these incredible gifts, these incredible talents that you have. God is the one who's given them to you for His grace and His glory. And then the T is to thank Him. And here's the deal. When it comes right down to it, and we really struggle with remembering that God is the one who owns it all and the one who's blessed us and given us everything, when we remember that, that, um, it's an incredibly powerful thing that God does in our heart. And the way to that, if we're struggling with it, is to just simply thank Him. Is to say, thank you, God, 
for these incredible gifts that you've given to me, that I might use them to enjoy your grace and to extend your glory, that I might use them to bless other people. So that's what generosity is really about. Every good and perfect gift the Scriptures tell us come down from the Heavenly Father in order that we might bless other people. So what can we do practically? What can we do? Okay, I want to give you three things you can do. Number one, thank God for the gifts. Thank God for the gifts. Thank Him every day. When you wake up, say, God, thank you so much that I can go and do this today. Number two, serve someone else using your gifts, expecting nothing in return. That's something we, can, we, we all need to do. We need to all serve each other with the gifts God's given us in order to bless other people. Then the last thing is this. Tell people why we're using our gifts to bless them. You see, it's not enough for us just to bless people with our gifts. We have to tell them why. Why are we blessing these people? Why are we blessing those with whom we live, with, with whom we work, and with those whom we hang out? Why do we do that? Because of what God has done for us and because He owns it all. So, we, as we go out today, I want you, all of us, to remember God is the one who's gifted us and He's gifted us that we might bless other people. So this morning, I want to give you an opportunity right now to just say thank you to God for the gifts that he's given to you. I'm um, just between you and him. So if you would, close your eyes and bow your heads. Um, and we're going, to, uh, we're going to pray. And I'm just going to ask you, between you and the Lord today, would you just say thank you to him for the gifts that he's given to you to be used by him? Would you just do that in this moment? If you're in here today for the very first time, you're hearing a message that God loves you, He's got a plan for your life, that He's got a gift He wants to give you, and that your natural gifts and abilities that you have are called to be under one purpose, I want you to know that in this moment, you can commit your life to Jesus by believing that He came here and lived a life for you that you couldn't live, that He died a death on the cross for you, that you should have died that he was raised back to life again by the power of God, overcoming sin and death forever and offering you a brand new life. If that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity right now just to say yes to Jesus. I believe you. I trust you. Thank you for loving me. And he does, guys. He loves you so much. He doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you. He died for you. What I want to do right now is give you an opportunity to just say, Jesus, I believe. I trust you. And so I'm going to pray. As I pray, if that's you, I want you to agree with me just in prayer, and then uh, I'll close together. So let's, uh, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you that you died and that you rose again for, for me and for everyone who's in this room today. God, I pray right now for those who maybe for the first time are experiencing your, your calling in their life to trust you as Lord and Savior, that right now they would do that in the name of Jesus. And that as they do that, as they trust you, that you would give them your spirit 
that you would fulfill their, their, their gifting here on the earth in order that they might enjoy your grace and find the life they've always wanted and to extend your glory everywhere they go. God, I pray these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. I want to share with you the commitment as you go out today. Here's uh, what we want to commit to this week. I will use my gifts generously this week to release God's kingdom on the earth. I will use my gifts generously this week to release God's kingdom on the earth. So what that means, guys, is this. Wherever you go, wherever you live, wherever you work, wherever you play, seek to use your talents generously to bless other people.